0: A few things more that I want to say and I want to make sure it's not just to us in this room but to anybody that might see this online amen thank you to our worship team for leading us in worship and and filling this place with the spirit of God even more so Praise God it's good to have Bishop with us i 'm going to let him come in just a few moments and we 'll dismiss our children at that time. but I want to just say a few things. Um, I'm thankful for these ladies I mentioned also the fact that they have uh, been teaching Sunday school for quite a while uh, at least five years that I know of, and longer than that, I'm sure. Um, A few weeks back, I was just here by myself and uh, picking up some things that some people left after a Sunday service. One of them, I saw a piece of paper, and uh, it had made its way from the Sunday school class onto one of these seats, So I just thought, let me look at this. Let me make sure I know what our kids are learning. Not that I was worried. But the Lord really marked me for a second. Because the paper that they had printed and that the child was filling out says, My name is blank, and I am a hero of faith and it even said something to the effect of here's my hero profile this is me and I'm that and I can do this and all these things and uh it made me thankful that we have these children learning these things and the lord really marked me to say if you if you have a child if you're if you're a parent or a guardian of some kind, and you've got children under your supervision. One of the best things you can do is consistently get them to church. Okay? I know it sounds like I'm making a plug for Sunday school, and that's great, and I'm thankful that here in our congregation we are able to do that. And as many as are able to if you've got a child and you've got a church that has a Sunday school program, then even better. But whether the Sunday school program is there or not, that should not be the excuse to take your child or not. Now I'm talking to us and I'm talking to anybody else that might see this at any point. Because this is it's almost uh Opposite of what we say oftentimes about the responsibility of the parent, because you have your child for X amount of hours in a week, and then we get them for one hour a week, right? But and the Lord was just taking me back. I'm thankful and and I feel blessed that from the time I was born up till this day, I haven't known a, a day or a season of my life that I was not faithful to attending church including in my childhood and I'm thankful to my parents for that and the the support that I had in the d- different congregations I attended as a child and I was I was thinking I don't know the hours that I logged in Sunday school classes and I don't know the color the the pages I colored how many of them there were if I could see them all and all the the snacks that I ate the crackers and the those you remember those little cookies, the lemon cookies. That was my that was my era. And I ate more of those than I could probably count. And I'm thankful for all of that. But you know what it, it what it serves is a foundation for a life. Imagine a child that has to wonder when, when, when might we ever go to church again? Mom, Dad, do you think we'll go to church anytime soon? We, I, I went that one time and it was great and I saw other kids and, and people that, that seemed to love me and love each other. and Do you think we'll go... Just imagine a child that has to wonder that and then compare that to... A child that knows, what day is it? It's Saturday. Oh, that means tomorrow we're going to church. I'm going to see so-and-so, and and I'm going to have this, and I'm going to do that. The child that knows, it's not a question. It's not a wondering or a a wish. Maybe I wish we could. Trust me, I, I know I'm a pastor of a congregation, and I have children. And sometimes, if they would express it to me, they would say, Do I have to go to church today? So I'm not saying that it's, you know, it's all rainbows and butterflies. But I'm saying put in the life of the child to know this is what you do. Don't you. you, We might go to a ball game. We might go to the mall. We might go here and there. We might take a vacation. But we will go to church. We will go be among God's people in God's house we'll worship, we'll sing we're going to give, we're going to probably shake some hands we're going to smile at people (laughs) you will keep your clothes on that's for certain age children but you, you set the expectation for a life and if you are able to do that, you build a foundation for that life. If you're a grandparent and you've got grandchildren and they're in a situation where it's a question whether I might go, when I might go, you bring them. If if at all possible, you bring them. You offer to bring them. You're in a season of life where, if possible, you might have the ability to help that way. It's about the foundation of the life. That's what I feel. It's about the foundation of the life. Amen? Amen. You can stand. We'll dismiss our children and our young people to their classes upstairs. Thank you again to those that are teaching. And weekly commitments are, uh, are a value to us. We, think we are thankful for that. Amen. Why don't you step out of your seat and and shake somebody's hand? Ask them, did they go to Sunday school when they were a child? Amen.
1: may be seated. I'd like to look at Matthew chapter 23. We'll start at verse 1, I think. Very nice to be here today. Going back to touch on this father thing. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe. That observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries, enlarge the borders of their garment, make themselves look larger than they are, and love the uppermost rooms at feasts, and the chief seats in the synagogues, the best seats, and greetings in the markets to be called of men rabbi rabbi but be ye not ye called rabbi for one is your master even Christ and all ye are brethren And call no man your father upon the earth. For one is your father which is in heaven. It's very common now, but it wasn't when I was young. But my parents divorced when I was five years old. And did not live with my dad. Would visit. And so there was that missing element. Brother Flowers was talking about. When I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost at 22 years of age. One of the strongest. Compellings that I felt was reconciliation with my dad. Now it wasn't like we were in a big fight. But he lived on one coast. I lived on the other coast. And we had very little interaction. I did fly back there and visit one time with Loren, She was just a baby. And because he was a pilot and could fly for nothing, and I chose to fly and bought full fare of tickets to go visit him, I felt like I was making a statement to him. I care. But there were circumstances that really did divide us, and it was called cus- child custody suits. We had three of them where my dad attempted to get possession of us, custody of us, from my mother. She had now remarried to a man who was an alcoholic. He felt like that was his advantage point, that he could get us away. He tried three times, it did not work, and it put a wedge. So when I got the Holy Ghost, one of the strongest compelling's I had was to reconcile with my dad. And I can remember at various times my emotions, and I would, uh, I would make expressions to God. I remember one time in particular, I was driving over Chinook Pass. I was working, I was in my adult life. I might have been 25, 26, 27. Going over the pass, and I was having one of these moments. It was very tearful, it was very emotional. And my my heart was begging. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, what you're wanting is a fantasy. It's all from your vantage point. And it is a fantasy. And here's why. Because of the makeup of your dad. It's not possible. What you're wanting. What you're in your spirit crying out to me for. He said it's not possible. With your natural father. But he said it is with me. Now. I wasn't sure how to manage that at that time, and I can't tell you that I was consoled entirely. But I tried to understand from the Lord what He was saying. Now, over the years, I have come to a realization there is a place in me that only He can satisfy, that no man on the earth can satisfy. Call no man upon this earth your father in this dimension that I want to be your heavenly father. A man will never achieve this with you, even in the natural sense of being your dad. Okay, we want completeness, we want fullness, we want to be fulfilled in our living, in our life but yet we can be haunted by what is not there because of where we're trying to get it. Now, I didn't expect that that made my dad a bad guy. I felt like the Lord was simply explaining to me what you have built up in your mind over all these years because you didn't know you didn't have. I got to tell you, riding the bus home from school and watching kids go into a house... With two parents? In the fourth grade, I did not know what that was. I wondered. I hoped. I wished. And it would take the process of these years and the Lord helping me and bringing an understanding. Now I have peace. But I am 65 years old next month. You know, some things take a while. Some things take longer, especially if you're not fully cooperating. You know, I'm trying to help you. That was back in my 20s. You have to become a part of the solution to your problem. Shall I say that again? We have to become a part of the solution to our problem. Praise God. And I agree. Somebody out there needs to hear that. I I appreciate the the affirmation through the songs, through the worship comments of direction that I've been feeling. I didn't come here with a a message or a sermon for you you as an assembly, but I do intend to share with you what God has been talking to me about. And I could go anywhere and share this anywhere because I feel like this is an expression of God's spirit for now. And he's saying it to me, spoke to me in a, out of, coming out of a prayer meeting, just me and him, about a week ago. But I got a couple of stories I want to share you, share with you. I'm a story guy. There's two, there's two stories I want to share with you, and each has different elements within it. One is I listed a ladder, an orchard ladder, on Facebook Marketplace for sale. And on that side of the mountains, all the landscapers want them. So I get emails. I want it, I want it, I want it. You know, half price offers, all that stuff. And I'm looking, and I'm reading, and I'm watching, and I'm listening because it's been a pattern of my life that God uses these situations to lead me to people. And a man reaches out and says, I can't today, but in a week I can come and get that ladder and pay for it. And I got all these offers that wanted tomorrow. He says, I can come on Sunday right after church. So just curious, what kind of a church you go to, this could make for good conversation. He said, Pentecostal. That could mean almost anything nowadays. But I deleted all the rest of the emails. This is the guy I'm going to meet. I'll wait till Sunday. I'll schedule it in the afternoon. We will connect. And did. He Now... He drove all the way from Port Townsend, which is two hours away, to buy a ladder. See, at some point, you have to come to the resolve, this ain't about the ladder. It ain't about the money for the ladder. It's not about the ladder. It's only something God used to bring two individuals together. So, because this is my lifestyle, I have no apprehension where we're going when we meet. None. And so we met, and he was an interesting character. As I observed, driving around his vehicle to my driveway, he had beat me there. And then as we started discussion, he was an interesting character. And now I'm weighing. Did I miss this? I mean, I left family from out of town at a lunch table because I had this commitment that I had made, but I knew I made it and it was ordered of the Lord and I got to go. But as I'm dialoguing with this man and realizing I'm not sure all his faculties are there, but we're communicating and I take my points and I move in the direction that I know, you know, I get him to stop talking. And I start talking. Because I know where I need to go with him, And I do. And in his comments, he said, you know, there's times I poured my life into people, I witnessed to them, and then nothing. Yeah, I said, I know the same experience, but I'll tell you what the Lord has showed me. There are times that you will sow seed. There's times that you'll water the seed. You'll enter into other men's labor, something that started a long time ago. There are times when... The outcome, or at least you think, from your efforts is positive. And you'll have a report to give and to share and to tell about. A testimony. There's other times it won't play out that way. But here's what I've resolved. We're all going to stand before a white throne judgment. And God's going to judge every one of us. Now, when that person has heard that word... He is now, or she is now, accountable to what they have heard. It ain't your responsibility what they do. with it, But it is theirs. And just as much as God came to seek and to save that which is lost, He's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. It's the will of God to save every soul. But not, not every soul is going to be saved. But they are going to be judged. Now I'm looking at the man, I'm, I'm listening to the dialogue, and I'm thinking, is this a waste of my time? And I'm reminded, his soul is as precious as her soul. Her soul after, I didn't mean to call you his. But it's the soul that is precious in the sight of God And so I cannot judge or measure the outward experience, the the lack of communication, or the any of it. It's a soul. And I have a responsibility to Him to take the gospel, share the gospel. Where? Every creature. And some folks are creatures. Unexplainable creatures. Okay, so... Situation plays out, he takes the ladder, I get my 150 bucks, and I have obeyed the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, so I go back looking in my garage, what else I got? Oh, a set of tires, yeah, okay. We list them on Facebook, Marketplace. I start getting all the brrrr. And I get a guy all the way up Mount Vernon. Oh, wait, 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 missed a piece. Important piece. A guy from Vancouver, Washington. I'll leave work right after I get off work, and I'll drive up there and get those tires. Okay, I said, you know, I'll, I'll drive to Olympia and kind of save you the, you know, some of the drive. Okay, as soon as I get off work. So, 5 o'clock comes around. 6 o'clock comes around. Seven o'clock's around, I sit down in a lounge recliner. <clears throat> I'm dressed. I'm wanting to go to bed, but I'm dressed knowing i got to drive to Olympia. Eight o'clock rolls around. <laughs> this guy's a no-show. He ain't coming. Oh, well. I don't know whether I took the ad down or reposted what I did, but then I get a contact from a guy in Mount Vernon. And I'm thinking, okay, so we don't want to go through this twice. He wants to drive down uh, on Saturday. Okay. Yes, I'll meet you. But now I tell him the story about the Vancouver guy. You know, I'm trying to get a little, you better be there. I will meet you in Federal Way. He's coming from Mount Vernon. But that morning, I go to prayer, and I start feeling the Lord. He puts on my mind a man by the name of Eric Gonzalez. He lives up near Mount Vernon. He oversees the hyphen ministry in the district, and I've met him, a great personality. person. We were on the plane, matter of fact, just a week or so ago. Okay, okay. I text him. I'm in the. I'm praying on the floor. I text him, Brother Gonzalez. Do you live in Mount Vernon? He says, Well, I'm in Burlington. It's just across the river. I may have a contact for you. And so, wow. Now I'm I'm feeling pretty positive about this, and I'm feeling the inspiration of God about this individual whom I have not met. I'm going to meet him at Federal Way, and I'm. I'm going to go waiting on the Lord and expecting he's going to give me words to speak to this individual. So I go, I'm waiting. He shows up with his wife in the truck. We have our dialogue, which is primarily about the tires, a little bit about life and his work. And I'm feeling this isn't the moment. Okay, so wait a minute now. I got this inspiration for Eric Gonzalez that these people should meet. And I pursued, I did my, you know, part in that aspect. And so now the spirit of God is revealing to me, it's not the moment. I don't say a word about God, the church, nothing. I let them get back in their car and drive away. Okay. Okay. now I do it everybody does. Okay, so maybe I missed it. Maybe I'm just a little too zealous about all this, you know. That night I get a text. Larry, I took the tires down the Les Schwab and they said those are passenger car rated tires and they will not install them on my truck. He said I didn't even know there was a thing. Would you please you know, this guy had charged it on his credit card to my PayPal account to pay for him. He'd already paid for him. Would you please consider taking these tires back? Here's my opportunity. See, I think opportunity's gone. He's already up the road. But Les Schwab won't install his tires. He wants to, and so I. He said, "I'll give you hundred bucks. Just give me five hundred bucks back." I said, let's uh, arrange it, and I'll give you a full refund. Because now I know this ain't about the tires. I had the inspiration of God. And now is my second opportunity. So now I doubly know. I'm going to open my mouth. I'm going to speak to him. So we meet, and I say, so, you want to hear a story? Sure. So I was praying the other morning on Saturday before I met you. And the Lord put it in my heart to reach out to an Eric Gonzalez who lives up there by you. Matter of fact, I've asked him to send me a picture of him and his wife. I want to give you his contact information and his picture. It's on you. Well, okay. He said, I got all my brothers live up there and my dad. And I'm telling you, as he has shared this with me the week before... I can see the future of these people being one to the Lord through his house. Brothers, father, everybody. It'll take time. God's got time. But I only, I only had a part. But it was, I believe it was all set in motion when I opened my mouth and told him about the prayer meeting and gave him the contact information. But was, what was interesting to me was it was hard to hold back when the Spirit of God was saying, uh, uh, wait, wait, it ain't time yet, it ain't time yet. See, he needed to use all those circumstances to give some evidence to that man that when I opened my mouth and spoke to him, he'd know, okay, there's something to this. He's not just blowing smoke. Okay, so let's pray for a minute here. Father, give us sensitivity. Order our steps. Lead our way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Our faith is in you. You are reaching No man cometh except the Spirit draws him. The Spirit of God is drawing. He is reaching. He will intersect the lives of the lost with believers, with the redemptive message, and He will save because that is His purpose, to seek and to save That which is lost. Don't miss the opportunities. Recognize when they are presented to you. He's going to put his word in your mouth. Uh, Matthew the ninth chapter. verse 18 so while I was in prayer I was having thoughts my thoughts were questioning my praying (laughs) if you can imagine that's possible so you understand the scripture that says Faith cometh by hearing the word of God. Okay. I, it's kind of funny. I was in Selah. I was talking about this. And I mentioned. I said, anybody listen to Alexander Scorby? Read the Bible to you? It wearies me. But if I take it and read it myself, there's, I hear my own voice reading the scripture to me. And it's, it teaches me. It talks to me. It's something there. Alexander Scorby, forget about it. Okay. Well, I say this, I say his name twice, and Selah, it kicks on on somebody's phone and it starts playing. And they can't figure out how to shut it off. So I said, Alexa. Shh. I kid you not. It's probably on the recording. So, there is a, you know, there's scale in faith. And there's a certain amount of faith that comes if I just stood there and read the Scripture, and I did it years ago in Yakima, walking around the uh, building in my, as an early believer, as a young, born-again Christian, right? But to me, the great faith comes when God's told you something. So it's not just hearing the Bible or the logos read out loud or spoken, it is when God has spoken to you and told you something. So, last week the Lord told me a couple of things. As I'm praying, I felt like there's times in the last year that the, the, the things that I'm being led of the Lord, I, I think the Lord's leading me in this, are kind of outlandish. I mean, they push up against the impossible. But that's the point. With God, all things are possible. To them that believe. Okay? But what happens is is rationale. The human element, things we know, things we understand, push back, you know, it's kind of like, uh, listen, I, I've got this problem. Would you pray for me? And oh yeah, brother, I love you. Let me, I'll pray for you. Yeah, and then I say, uh, you know, hey, listen, I know a good doctor. Oh, right. And I, and you should probably go see him. And he, I think he has something he could. Have. Collision course. <laughs> But that's the human element. That's human reasoning. You know, this, we need this great thing. And we pray. And we believe for God. And then we think, I think the Lord's leading me to this. And, and then I've looked. And the numbers kind of line out and all of the details. I think it may be possible. Now you're missing a point. He lives in the impossible. Abraham. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. But Sarah's womb is closed. That's your wife. You see this scenario repeated many times in the scripture. He gives a promise of where he intends to take us or some factor that way. But then he gives us the evidence around us that says that's impossible. And then if we allow our mind to go to work. We got to shut it off. Our mind will go to work and disquiet and take away from or, or we attempt to get our reasoning up in line with what we think the Lord is saying he could do. You know. To, to. So, I'll go back to this. So, I'll mention this much. It's been a year now, I've been praying in what I call wholesale fashion. I pray for individuals, I pray for families, things like that. But I've been praying in wholesale fashion. The extreme is, no, it's not the extreme. On a daily basis, I drive by some apartment complexes, okay? There's four of them, one after the other. And I have prayed for the souls living in that building. That God's spirit would draw them because he's not willing that any would perish but that all would come to repentance. That he came to seek and to save that which is lost. I pray for those souls. Every soul in that building. And faith will rise up in me. And I'm thinking, does this sound ridiculous? One time I got on a ramp on I-5 and God illuminated the motorist to me. I prayed for every commuter on I-5. And then I went to I 90, 167, Highway 18, going to work today. Am I going crazy? But there's an inspiration that would come, and every day it changed. One day it would be all the educators in the region, the next day it would be all the health related people, doctors, nurses in the hospitals, the next day it would be something else. I've never gone back and revisited one of those prayers. That was the prayer I prayed that day. But it was in wholesale, you understand when I use that term, wholesale fashion. Blocks of people. And then, after a month or so, God gave me liberty to pray and speak out city names. But what was different this time was the cities were from British Columbia down to Olympia. It's not often, it's not always, but as I am praying this the other day, I'm thinking, I, I'm, I'm, people think I'm crazy. I shared with one man one day, a preacher, and he said, mm, Mm-hmm. Mm. 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 He didn't believe a word I said. Tried to rein me back in to reality. (laughs) (laughs) So while I'm praying and while I'm questioning, the Lord speaks to me. I go to the scripture and look it up. Matthew 9, verse 18. Oh, we're there. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead. But come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. Guys, I'm going to his house. That's faith. She's dead. If you'll lay hands on her, she'll live. Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years, you know the story, came behind him, interrupted where he was headed, and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, up here, her thoughts, what she had observed, maybe what she had heard, contributed to the faith. Every man has been given a measure of faith, and all of these things are contributing to her in her faith with this affliction that's now 12 years old. The other accounts written in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John would tell you she had spent all her living going to the doctor. And how she, this is war on her. She said within herself, If I could but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Now listen, you're familiar with the other account that says, who touched me? What do you mean? There's a thousand people here touching you. No, no. Somebody touched me in a way they're not touching me. Virtue had flowed out of me and I felt that. So now we're reading a different Matthew's account of this same situation. And he says that the Lord said, Be of good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go back one. Okay, that's all right. Forward. He doesn't say anything about her touch. Oftentimes, because we read the scripture that says, if there be any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Bring them, pray over them the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. Okay? So we anoint with oil. We pray. We pray for healing. And we do this practice. And so sometimes we will approach people or we will say to them, they have shared their sickness, their pain, their affliction. Say, why don't you come to church with me? And we will have, you know, The elders pray for you, and maybe the Lord will heal you. And so, the approach is, again, you know, okay, yeah, okay, let me go. And they will do, and then maybe I will. That's not what happened here. Thy faith hath made thee whole. We'll read further. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Okay. Next. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, where the dead daughter was, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in, took her by the hand, and the maid arose... And the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. Next verse. When Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him. You have to understand that when we hear the testimony, when we witness, The supernatural, the miraculous hand of God. Has anybody ever been healed here? We hear about, this is why it's important that we share it. It elevates the faith of the hearer that they will bring expectation into their life upon the Lord that would otherwise not be there. When Jesus departed, thence, two blind men followed him crying and saying, thou son of David, have mercy on us. Next verse. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said unto them, believe ye that I am able to do this? You know, believe, again, believing is scaled as well. You know, are you a believer? Yeah, I'm a believer. How do you know you're a believer? Well, you know, I did what they said. I accepted the Lord, all this business. Believer. And then you got those other believers. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, that he that believeth not shall be damned. That believer is acting on their faith, and they're believing on what they have heard. And so we see this progressive journey of a deeper walk, and then believers will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is promised unto them. OK? So, Jesus now standing here with two blind guys. They're following by their hearing. <laughs> the <They're> crowd. <crying. laughs> do you believe that I can do this? You know, Jesus, He's the one. He's been laying hands on the sick, He's been healing people everywhere and speaking to infirmities, and they're going, and He's doing this. Now He's going to change the dynamic a little bit. Do you guys believe that I can do this? Rather than seeing what's on our end, you know, believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now he's looking at the other end of the equation. Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then... Touch he their eyes, but watch, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. Let's see how much faith you have. This has nothing to do with my touch, my hand. It has everything to do with, where's your faith? How much faith? I mean, usually there was a lot of rebuking in the Bible. Oh, ye of little faith. But yet we have the promise if you have faith as of a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto yonder mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, as shall be done unto you. So we scale in faith. And so the Lord is saying to these blind men, Is your faith here? According to your faith, be it unto you. <laughs> Listen for the voice of the Lord. Whatever your situation is, he wants to know. Where's your faith? See, I'm looking at my own prayer and I'm starting to judge it in saying, this, these things aren't even possible. And the Lord says, it's according to your faith. What can you believe me for? Your next door neighbor or your next door city? According to your faith, be it unto you. That's the promise. It's not, am I able to do this? He's saying, look, you're the critical factor here. You have my hand. You have my indwelling spirit. You have my promises. Where's your faith? I tell you, this is the word of the Lord. According to your faith, be it unto you. So, this is what the Lord speaks to me. And then he brings me two examples to remember by. Things he did. He did. Nobody else did. One of them was we, we, are, we have a room situation. Worse yet, we have a parking situation. We're parking on the grass, on the lawn. Okay, over there. We have a greater need for parking than we do for seats. But we, we are in need. And the Lord reminds me. Of a person. A man by the name of Hurley Haga. Who came from Florida with his wife to visit a grandchild. God filled them with the Holy Ghost. They were baptized. They went back to Florida. And while they're there. They say to each other. You know I really miss that little church up there. I'd just like to move back up there. In two weeks they sold their houses. One, one of them he said. A man. I was, I was out in the yard. I was. Uh, raking the palm tree leaves, probably, and a man pulled in the intersection, opened the door, and got out and said, I want to buy your house. Well, it was a sign to them that they were hearing from the Lord, and so they, they left Florida. They came to Puyallup, and they were there, and then after a year or so, on a Wednesday night, they approached me and said, can we talk to you? We have a piece of property out here off 152nd. It's not good. A lot of wetlands. Her son got high, went out there and had the trees all cut down, sold the logs. So there's no real value, so to speak, to the property. But if we quick claim it to the church, maybe God will bless it. Now, at first, I got to tell you, I was a little apprehensive, apprehensive. We went out there and played on the place place on the only dry place. And I thought, wow, and we got to pay the taxes on this. And did for five or six years. But, But through the process of time, I believe Brother Haga had heard from the Lord. He wasn't just trying to get rid of a piece of junk land. Because it would truly take God... Blessing it and turning the situation around to be of any value. After five or six years, I remember one morning getting up and having the inspiration to list the property on Craigslist. Got one call, man that worked for the school district, young man. We want to buy, me and my dad want to buy your property. You read the description, right? It's like 80% wetland. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, we know. Okay, so now I'm curious. Why would you buy this piece of property? They said because in Pierce County, there's a law that says you can displace the wetlands off of one property onto the other property. And we have another piece of property that we want to build on and develop. We only want to use it to dispel the wetlands off of that property onto that property. That exists? That exists? Yeah, never got another call, never person. Him and his dad bought the land and paid the price of the land which paid the price of our building. Paid it off. We've never raised an offering for the building. You want me to say that again? We've never raised an offering for a building. We now own two properties outright. Okay, now, Here's what the Lord showed me. You think I can't do that again? I can send you people from around the country. It could take one. It could take ten. It doesn't matter. But I've already set precedent with you. Okay. 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 Now, let me move to the other situation. There was somebody else he brought to my mind. Brother, I was driving over the pass from this side to that side. And Brother Bruce Bartell called me. He said, there's some folks here in the church in Stockton. They, they have a, f- a family member, like a cousin or something like this. And they said, something's going on in the, on this guy's life. He said, would you, he said, I told them I would find somebody that would see this through. Uh, no pressure there. So would you meet with this man? Sure. I said, I'm driving over the pass right now. He lives in Covington area, Maple Valley, so I, I call or he called. I can't remember who called. We meet at Starbucks, and uh, he had told me about his Army experience. He was, uh, he'd been on like seven tours, which I'd never heard about that much. But he said, I got into some very dark places, and I distanced myself from my family, my parents, my sisters, and i went to buy some chewing tobacco at the smoke shack and he said when they gave me my change back and the receipt the amount of change was six dollars and 66 cents and it triggered something in me and in the qfc parking lot in maple valley he said jesus came into my car he talked to me. He revisited things in his life, my life, and all of this. I said, he said, I sat there and sobbed for two hours before I even called my wife. Look at this. His hair's down to his hips. He says, I called my wife and said, make me a haircut appointment. Serious? Where did that come from? He said, I don't know. I just felt like it was the right thing to do. Really? Wow. <laughs> okay. So he gets his hair cut. He said that was last week. And now here we are talking. And so I, I lead him in the scripture. I feel like I know what the Lord's doing here. This is a Damascus Road experience. Nobody witnessed to him. Nobody gave him a Bible study. Nobody talked to him. Hallelujah. This is Damascus Road like he came to Paul, Saul. This is out of the ordinary. This is a special dude. In the mind of God, in the kingdom of God, he has a plan for this man. I'm talking with him. Uh, We agreed to meet in another week. Went to the same Starbucks. Now listen to this. He walks through the door. (laughs) I can't even believe what I'm seeing. His demeanor is so changed. I'm thinking... He must have got the Holy Ghost. But no. It's what true repentance looks like. This is what true repentance looked like. He was glowing from head to toe. We sat down. We went through more scriptures. And he said, I I need to get baptized. Okay, we'll arrange it. Come this Sunday. Bring your family. Now, his wife is fighting him tooth and toe. She likes to. Change, but she doesn't want to go that far. God was delivering him of a drug addiction. Other things in his life that he shared about. In a state of repentance. He came and the, the family members from California flew up to be there. While the worship service was going on, he was standing in the back. God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He got baptized now his wife's watching on, checking us all out,. Mm, yeah. And the kids, they don't want nothing to do with them. He gets baptized, he goes home, and I 'm thinking, boy we got we to stay connected with these people. This wife, she's going to turn this thing the other direction, and they're going to go off, you know. And so uh, I'm reaching out to Nick Johnstone. We're talking. I said, somebody's got to get up there in the next couple of days. I'm telling you, this is a critical, critical situation. These are not just people coming into the church. I'm telling you, these are best chosen vessels of God. Well, at the end of our conversation, I realized there is nobody else. God has already interjected me into the situation. I'm the guy that's got to go. But I'm over here. Okay. Okay. I'll go, two hours drive over, three hours at the house answering all the objections and all the problems and, you know, as God gave me grace to try to help and lead this lady and then I had to go home, got home at one o'clock in the morning, wondering, oh boy, I don't know which way this is going to go, I get a text from Forrest, that's his name, He said, "I thought you might want to know this. I went out in the shed to pray, like I've been doing every morning, and my wife came out to pray, (laughs) and God filled her with the baptism (laughs) of the Holy." I'm thinking, I can't even believe this is happening. She came to church the next week and got baptized. They had already decided they were moving to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and did now I get reports from them their, their kids have gotten baptized received the Holy Ghost in their Sunday school class and sending pictures they don't even look like the same family and the Lord brings us all back to my remembrance and says I did that I came to seek and to save that which is lost I'm engaged in this whether you engage or not I'm engaged in this And it gave me faith to pray the prayers according to my faith, be it unto. Why don't you stand? With God, all things are possible to them that believe. Here's why it's so important to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues, okay? You need to know that you receive the Holy Ghost. And then experience a life of praying in the Spirit. Now, for me, it took a long time. For many others, it begins immediately. But they begin to live a life of praying in the Spirit. That means when I get down and pray... I may spend time speaking in tongues, not, not, not just because to speak in tongues. It is the entering into the spiritual dimension that gives me communion with God that brings a sensitivity into my spirit to be led of Him. And to receive faith praying to believe for anything. As God leads. Now, I don't make up, you know, spectacular stuff just to say it so I can say I said it. Matter of fact, I kind of argue a little bit at times and think, wow, are you sure? <laughs> you know. Well, some things you just keep to yourself, you're better off. Okay, I'm going to tell us. We're driving down the road the other day, and my wife says, Honey. Been meaning to tell you something. I didn't want to say this to anybody else, or because of what, how they would receive it or think, because I was speaking so much in the last couple of weeks about the ministry of angels. She said I've had an angel visiting me (sighs) these last few days, and giving me direction, talking to me and telling me what to do. She said, there was a medication I was taking. And the angel told me to stop taking that medication. So I went and flushed it down the train. We are the believers of the New Testament. It should be in the expectation of our lives that God would be so intricately woven into everything that we do. Everywhere that we go. And that our faith would begin to climb and climb. Now, I I say our faith. I know the Bible says he's given to every man a measure of faith. But still, he's the source of that faith. So me, I think it's his faith, not mine. I don't have to qualify it. I don't have to judge it. I know. He makes an expression. He gives me a word of faith. That's his faith. That's not my faith. So it has nothing to do about me. Now i got to tell you one more story. I went to many prayer and fasting meetings a week long. And the Lord would tell me something about somebody in the congregations. Either go say this to them. Go pray for them. Rebuke them. Uh Uh-huh. And I did it. One time I come back from a meeting and the Lord had spoke to me about one person. He didn't even attend the church. His wife did. I said to her, I said, Sister Behar, I said, the Lord spoke to me about one person this week, your husband. Said I'm to go and pray for him. Wow, that's great. Awesome. When are you going to do that? Well, I'm waiting on the Lord about that. One day goes by, two days go by, three days go by, four days go by, Sister Behar calls. I thought you were coming, you were going to go pray for Pete. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm waiting for it to feel right. And God checks me. He says, what's this got to do with your feelings? Hmm. Yeah. You got a good point there. I told you to do it. My intention is that I'm going to do something if you'll just obey what I've told you to do. It has nothing to do with whether you feel good, bad, or okay, 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 okay. So now I think, okay, I'm going to go in the worst of situations, adverse. So I go in the dark. They live out in Graham. I mean, there ain't no lights. They're way back in the woods, and I don't like that dirt road rocky road and they got two dogs tied to the porch this is before the days of molly and sydney but i know i'm gonna go where my flesh is so uncomfortable
0: yeah
1: that anything that happens is not gonna have anything to do with me all about him so i went i knocked i spoke we talked i prayed and i left now i didn't see anything supernatural take place but you know what That's not the point. Because sometimes God will do a work that you're not going to see. And there's going to be a place in time. or uh, That's His business. Our business is to obey. Now, I am of the persuasion that we have come into a time and a day when the believers should be laying hands on the sick and them recovering outside of church services. It's 7-11. Any, any situation where... You understand, when, when Peter and John was going to the temple at the hour of prayer. Okay? That, was, that had become a course and a pattern of life. And they passed by a man. Because he was set out there every time. Every day. Right? Beautiful. Man. Lame from his youth. But one day... When the man said what he said every day alms, alms, give alms to the poor, this day it registers with their spirit. What'd you say? Alms, alms. Look at me. And then the inspiration came to say this is not pre planned, premeditated, anything, there's no script. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And he re- leaped, or he, uh, you know what he did. He pulled him up and he went leaping and dancing and praising God into the temple. You know, it's just about being aware and conscious of the, of the Lord and the Spirit of God talking to you, using you. He wants to do this as pres- situations present themselves. So we have to move with Him. You can't get ahead of Him and make a fool of yourself. You can't discount yourself and say, No, not me. Get somebody else. This is why it's important. Praying in the Spirit, having received the baptism of the Holy Ghost will bring a sensitivity and a communion into your life with God that He don't have to shout, but only whisper. Matter of fact, He'll only give you a notion. A nudge. And when you respond or yield to that nudge, He oftentimes backs that up. But there's sometimes He won't. No, I told you once. Why don't you just sing? Play and sing. This isn't a good message. This isn't a good sermon. If I go to four or five more places in the next couple of weeks, they will hear this same thing because I believe this is a word from the Lord for the now. According to your faith be it unto you. One one writer said it this way. Canst thou believe? If you can, all things are possible to them that believe. You guys believe I can do this? Okay. According to your faith. Years ago, my grandfather had cancer of the larynx, the throat. My grandmother, my aunt, and my mother agreed together to take her, to a he- take him to a healing meeting. They lived on both sides of the country. They got on a plane. They went, traveled, went there. The place was packed out. They couldn't get inside. They had flown there. They got on a plane. They went home. And the Lord healed my grandfather. As the man that was lowered down through the rooftop, he was not healed because of his faith, but it was their faith. This is how strong and so how critical the value of faith is. expect anything here today expect Wait
2: any- on the Lord
0: If you have what looks like an impossible situation, I'm going to invite you if you would just come up and stand as an expression of your faith, as an invitation to the Lord into that impossible situation.
2: I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm not turning back now. 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 I'm I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you. Jesus, I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm not turning back now. I'm not turning back now. Oh, I'm not turning. I'm not turning.
1: This is an affirmation. It may only be for me, but I'm gonna share it with you. I haven't spoken to four salmons in over a year. He just texted me. I want you to hear this, what he said. Good afternoon. I hear that you're near Knoxville and I will be passing through there on the next on forty at some point this afternoon. I thought he texted me because he heard me talking about him. He didn't have any clue. We are on our way to minister to and hopefully baptize a couple tomorrow. But see, this text comes through right now after I finish. I've shared his testimony three times in two days. And the Lord has spoke to me, said, this is me that's doing this. And I am working through the land and I am drawing souls. I receive it in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Would you just offer some thanks to the Lord? I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for how awesome you are. I thank you for how great you are. I thank You for all the marvelous things You have done and that You will do. I put my faith in You, Jesus. I put my faith in You, God. You're the only God that's able. You're the only one who can take an impossible situation and work it out and work every detail of that situation out. Oh, my faith is in you, God. My faith is in you today, Lord Jesus. It rests in you. All of my hope, God. I put it in you, Jesus. I put it in you, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I would challenge you. As we go from here today, I would challenge you to look for impossible situations that you could invite God into this week. And just say, I don't know how else that would work out, but with God it will. With God it will. Let this faith that you feel here Let it be put into action. Amen. In your conversations and in your prayers. Amen. I encourage you to do that. Thank you, Bishop, for ministering to us. Amen. We receive it today. I'm expecting many great things. Amen. In Jesus' name, you are dismissed. Greet one another. Love one another. Amen.